Mr. Pop. <laughs> You'll never hear me say poor Adelaide ever. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. We have takeoff, ladies and gentlemen. We have liftoff. We're up in the air. We're in the podcast arena. My name's Kevin Hillier. This is the Rock and Roll Podcast. It stars me and uh, some bloke called Brian Mannix. Recording in progress. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Mannix. How lovely to hear your dulcet tones. I tell you what, Kev, there is a hell of a lot to talk about tonight. Um, you know, we've got a new Prime Minister. We've Check. got uh, some umpires that are just out of control. Check. And uh, we have got, I forgot what the other thing is, but Check. it's very important to me. <laughs> right. That was on my list. New Prime Minister, umpires, things Brian can't remember. <laughs> that was my list. Now we get to Finey, who's also, of course, Mark Fine. Uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in uh, Inkerman Street, of course, is the uh, the business that Mark now runs. But, of course, prior to uh, this, being a successful businessman, he was, of course, a very successful broadcaster, author, raconteur, and uh, sometime field umpire in uh, in AFL circles. G'day. Hello, Mr Fine. How are you? Well, it was my birthday yesterday. I know. Happy birthday to you. And I've got a present that I've never had before. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bit of humpy pumpy, I'd hope. <laughs> no, I've had that before. No, I reckon, you know what, can I guess? Yep. COVID. That's what I got. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry, funny. Oh, Jesus, really? Yep. Oh, you poor bastard. And and I'm gathering by your tone that it's a fairly decent dose you've got of it. Oh, well, I thought I had the flu, you know, and the flu's pretty bad. I was pretty shit house yesterday, and, yeah, I've got something. I wouldn't say it's nothing, but I wouldn't say it's the end of the world either. So yeah. we just, well, songs are on, isolate for uh, seven days. Now, can I ask, you don't have monkey box? <laughs> no. No, I've, I've kept away from sex with monkeys. <laughs> More than we can say for Brian. Anyway. I've had no, that's Fifi box, all right? <laughs> Just get it right. Monkey box, for goodness sake, Kevin. Sorry. Sorry. I've so, had I, I've had Fifi Fev and the other bloke. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, now Fanny, uh, how are you feeling in terms of I mean, because it, it can if it gets you broncholy broncholy, um it can be quite uh, Quite, it can have quite an impact. Yeah, I don't think I've got that. Okay, I've, I think I've got the flu and a runny nose. That's about it. Okay, are you are you dizzy? Yeah, when a little bit stand of up. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I found when I had it, it was like on the worst day. I, I I take about ten feet. It's like oh god, I'm so dizzy. I need to lie down. But that might have been just me. But um, no, yeah, but no, I've, I've, got, I've got a bit I, of that. Yeah, I, I found that I was just out of whack walking and. I felt better in a horizontal position, which I always do, actually, by the way. Yeah, well, I had a feeling that would be the disclaimer on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you, uh, have you got your sense of taste and everything, or has that been affected? Yeah. No, no, I've got the sense of taste. Oh, that's all right. Good. So, yeah, bits and pieces. So are you, um, are you in lockup? Hey. Well, I'm, I am. Seven days. I'd, I'd hope you're still not tasting the soup. <laughs> I'm not, mate. I'm not anywhere near the business. Yeah, because uh, I mean, you went to such bloody great pains 
you were telling us in last week's show that you know you actually went and relocated to a hotel in the city yeah. at one stage so she could avoid it. Do you, do you know yeah. how you got it? No, I think we got it at the pub though, watching the footy on Friday night and Saturday night. Okay. Which leads us beautifully into how shit football is at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah. We will get to the football. There we will. All right, I tell you what. Not your disposition on the on the fortunes of your team are not uh, are not getting any. It's better, not about right. my team. We we're going bigger than that this week, Kev. Oh, okay. It's the whole game. It's the official Adam official. You, you know what I mean? The umpiring of the game. <laughs> A fish. Well, no, I'm I'm taking it all the way to the top now. Oh, I'm yeah. going to the yeah. AFL. Everybody is going to get a bag from me tonight. Okay, in all a right. positive and constructive way. All right. Well, I'll just I'll do a quick wrap of the tips. So last week, Brian, you got five. Mm. Um, how would you have been on Sunday afternoon waltzing around if you you would have thought you know you would have there would have been a lot of people who had all the tips up until uh, Sunday afternoon, and then in the space of Hawthorne and uh, and Collingwood. Uh, you would have gone from uh, literally from, uh, you know, rolled gold chocolate to boiled lollies. A couple of upsets they were, and you actually tipped the Hawks, Brian. I, I knew, oh, look, I've got a bit of respect for the Hawks. I think they're mm. good. I don't know how they've turned it around so quickly. Same as Carlton. I don't know how they've turned it around so quickly. I suppose I should because Essendon has turned down a uh, finals team around very quickly yeah. to a bottom four team. They certainly So have. thank you, Ben Rutten. Uh, well, I think there might be more things at play than just the poor old senior oh, coach. Oh, there is, Kev. I've been scooping them. <laughs> Here we go. So you got five. Uh, Finey and I both got six each. So that's the wrap-up at the moment. It's uh, Finey well in front on 62, me on 58. Brian, you're on 51. So we'll get to the tips uh, for this week's uh, round coming up, round 11. We'll get to our chart, which is July 4, 1980. And I'll go through the top ten and then we'll get into the news of the week, which I know you're all Bustin' to get to. Uh, July 4, 1980, and the number 10 song was Skinny Girls by Alan O'Day. At 9 was Call Me by Blondie. 8 was Funky Town by Lips Incorporated. Uh, 7 was The Rose by Bette Midler. 6 was um, I Only Want to Be With You by The Tourists. Number 5 was You've Lost That Love and Feeling by Long John Baldry. Number 4 was Tired of Toe on the Line by Rocky Burnett. Number 3 was Together We Are Beautiful by um, Fern Kinney. Uh, number th- two was Turning Japanese by The Vapors. Number one song was Can't Stop the Music by The Village People. So that's July 4, 1980. We'll get to that later. Now, Mr. Fine, as you're the you know the one in the sickbed here, you should go first, just in case something happens. Takes a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> get your thoughts up quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're, so I you're, shouldn't giggle in Mr. Fine's time. No, we shouldn't. I, we shouldn't. He, he, he could pass out at any moment. <laughs> yes. So uh, let's go, uh, Mark. And I'm sorry to that Kevin would belittle you in such a <laughs> terrible way when you're in the state. Just no one Thank on you, your Brian. side, mate. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. So you're uh, a, get well soon. Your story of the week, Fanny. The number one thing you want to talk about from the week? Well, the election, probably. Okay. Thoughts. Well, I don't really care much for voting because it's not worth my my while. Now, I can vote for who I want to vote for. Now, I'm in a really weird seat because the seat I'm in has some of the most expensive real estate in Melbourne, but it also encompasses some of the sort of 
greatest rat baggery in Melbourne as well, <laughs> for want of a better term. Now, this is how you should vote. You should vote. I, I shouldn't have to fill in seven numbers. Who cares who my fifth preference is? You should vote number one or a, a tick for who you want to vote for and a cross against who you least want to see in the seat. Yeah. And then they can weigh all that up because I'll be stuffed if I'm, I'm now in a seat where the sitting member is from the Greens and I've got no interest in them whatsoever, whatsoever. They have been, you know, on a couple of issues that I hold near and dear. They take the opposite ground. They're meddling. They're meddlers. So, you know, my voice has not been heard. Right. <laughs> so that's my say. All right. Uh did you have any uh, sort of thoughts on how uh, the, the – the, I mean, the major parties, neither of them did very well. If you've got a, a party that's got 30% and it's actually in power, um, that's it, never been a, a prerequisite for a majority uh, any other time. But that's that's what it is now because we've fractured the, the parliamentary system so much and we've the major parties are both so bloody obnoxious that nobody wants to vote for either of them, so it's become that sort of uh, thing. I agree with you. The um, – I went in and vote. I voted early in the week because I had to work on Saturday, obviously. I think the top line I had to fill in, she told me, was one to six. And the bottom, uh, the the no, one to nine was the House of Reps. And the Senate one was if I filled the top line in, I had to go one to seven. And if I filled the bottom part of it in, I had to go one to 12. Well, that's just ridiculous. And the bloody piece of paper was yay wide, um, yeah, the, the it's, Senate it's- paper. Uh, that's a joke. They give you two feet of space to write it in. You can't. You can't actually eight, eight yeah. foot eight foot worth of paper to yeah. put the senators' yeah. votes yeah. in. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, surely they could just have some electronic thing, and you come and you press a button at who you want to vote for. And oh, you well, know, I'm a, I'm a fine. You vote a tick for the one that you want, and a tick for the one that you least oh. want, and then and then. Chuck that in the box and see how it goes. Yeah. And your ballot paper wouldn't have to be that I, big. I get that, but how ironic and how hypocritical is it when you lob up to the voting thing and here are the Greens handing out all of these pieces of freaking paper, you freaking hypocrites. They are just a waste of space, the Greens. I heard. They, they get to vote on economic matters. They have no idea about economic matters. They're, oh, it's the world's worst bushfire. Yeah, it is because you wouldn't let the farmers, you know, burn off and prepare for it. You won't let a tree fall in it. They are shit It's all based on this climate change cult, which Joe Biden is a slave to, and already they're pushing petrol prices to $6 a freaking gallon in America. That will happen here. And it's to push everybody into electric cars. They're manipulating us big time with bullshit. And unfortunately, we've just elected. Well, he was sworn in today. I swore what he got. I heard. I said, me. He's the freaking prime minister. We're going to get the biggest high taxes. We're going to pursue this green Oh, environment problem, which of the world's problems probably lists at number 37. You know, we've got people dying of starvation. Oh, no, what about the climate? Climate changes, what a joke. But I'll get into my real opinion later, Kev. Oh, jeez. Oh, we've only just scratched the surface, have we? Oh, 
Why do we get into footy? Uh, oh, I'm furious about that as well. Okay. Uh, yes, it, uh, an interesting uh, couple of days. And, and I, I, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Who knows? Well, I, don't know. I don't know if it'll be better or worse or the same, to be honest. I've, I, I, uh, I think I'm it'll so be over- better. They'll, they'll spend money on hospitals and do all the things of that. And they'll put us way over budget. Then we'll have to get Liberal back in to trim back things and fix the budget. It's a cycle. But, you know, you got Labor's got in with 32.5% of the vote. Liberal got, Liberal National Party got 35.6% of the vote. It's all the, the bullshit independence, um, not Fiona Patton, of course. Um, <laughs> but um, we love Fiona. Featured on the actually, latest Life of Brian episode. Uh, and actually, I've got to talk to you too about my very good friend who might end up being the leader of the Liberal National Party in another moment. Righto. Um, mm. All right. Karen Andrews. Oh, I'm a very good friend. Is this the girl that you were photographed with on the Gold Coast? That, uh, she was on the hustings? It was. It was. She was there. I was walking past and I went, Andrews, there's no way I could vote for anybody named Andrews <laughs> after living in Victoria. <laughs> So anyway, that was okay. But then I came back again at night time and I was saying, Karen Andrews, and then because she's over there. And then I realised the girl had said I couldn't vote for anybody called Andrews. She was there on the hustings. And so I sat down and I, I didn't sit down. We, we had a quick chat and she impressed me like Fiona Patton did. And then the night before the election, um, came back again and she she must have spent 15, 20 minutes talking to me and, and Becky, and um, and she was really, really nice. And I just okay. thought, geez, I love your endeavour. You're here, you know, for eight, ten hours a day just trying to get the job done, and no. So I'm a big fan of Karen Andrews. Okay. Same opinion about Dan Andrews. Back to, back to somebody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so who knows what'll what'll transpire? That will it make uh, if, as a small businessman? Did that change how you felt about the election? Just in the result of it, finally? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know whether the Labor Party is a friend of small business. Maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, but you know, prices are going up and. Inflation is real, let me tell you, between petrol affecting the food prices and just food prices are really going up in terms of the raw product and stuff from our suppliers and we've got to pass it on to our customers and, you know, things are going to be very expensive very soon if they already aren't. But, oh, I noticed yeah. my, my, my supermarket bill now is, is far greater than it's been in a long, long, long time. I can't go to the supermarket and walk out for uh, under a hundred bucks, and then it's it, hundred bucks used to be kind of my ceiling, and now I'm a hundred and thirty, you know, nearly hundred and forty dollars every time. That's bloody frightening. Well, yeah, in our, our family in shop. When we do a family shop, north of five hundred. Yeah, would be, would be, jeez. Well, Australia's inflation at the moment is at three point one percent. America, it's now at eight point three, eight point five percent. So expect things to get a hell of a lot worse. Um, you know, as soon as, yeah, we need fossil fuel, we need petrol, we're not ready, we don't have the technology. Sorry, back to you. Yeah. Well, the petrol the, the petrol price frightens me every time I drive past it. 
I go, I got a service station near me that's always the cheapest petrol you can buy anywhere is this little joint up the road from my place. And the other day when I drove past and it was a one ninety nine point nine, I thought, God knows what it is elsewhere. And I got up the bit further up the street and it was two dollars twenty five um, up the street. So I thought, there you go. Um, that's well, what, that, that's a lot of money. How many liters in a gallon? About six. I, I don't know. I know it's so. If you're buying a gallon of petrol under American prices, we'd be paying about ten or twelve dollars for a gallon. So as much as American bitches. But you know, I just Joe Biden has a bad day. My stock market. I've lost um, about fifteen, sixteen grand on the stock market because of Joe Biden's in, incompetency. Okay. I'm furious. I'm furious. I can see that. We can you know. hear that, Brian. Oh, okay. Well, enough of that then. <laughs> this, is, this, this is supposed to be entertaining, isn't it? I've well, it's about a, that part. It's a reflection I'll on ju- what's going on. So, no, no, hang on, Brian, just, hang on, Brian. I'm just venting. I'm going to be Brian, Brian, before you go any mm. further, can you just turn your YouTube down, please? Can you just make your – you're upsetting all the patrons with the loudness of your YouTube, which apparently is becoming a bit of a theme with you. Oh, you can go and get stuffed. This bitch of a woman, right? We were sitting there at the thing, like you, you know, the music playing and that. And like with me and Lucky Phil, we come down here with the daughters because the, the bride's away. So she'd been doing business in Melbourne. And, you know, and the daughter goes into the playroom and all the play thing, and that's all good. And we do it all the time. And she, the daughter, Ella, has a great time. And Phil goes in and she goes, Is this your kid? And it's like, I didn't know about this at the time. And then, so anyway, she goes down and her child has been screaming all over the freaking pub all afternoon, um, is in the pram, wanting to have a sleep. She's about two. And I, I'm looking on Facebook. I didn't have my headphones with me. I put the thing on. She's about 35, 40 feet away from me. And I'm listening to something, you know, hanging shit on the uh, airlines. And um, before I'm halfway through, it's only been going for about 45 seconds, and I hear, excuse me, will you turn that off? It's, 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 it's too much noise. It's doing my head in. And I go, you know, I wanted to tell her to go and get fucked, but, um, I, you know, I thought, no, you, you're 60 now. You've been mature, <laughs> and, um, which I wasn't with Desi at the pub, but that's another story. <laughs> and I said, yeah, wow, you must have really good hearing. She said, yes, I do. And I yeah. went, ah. And so somebody 40 feet away from me is 30 feet, 35. Let's call it 35. And, and I've got my, 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 my thing on and she's sitting there and she's come up abusing me because she's trying to get her child to sleep in a pokey sports bar pub. <laughs> you know, give me a Break, <laughs> you know uh, how stupid. What you know? I I felt sorry for the guy she's with because I thought, oh mate, you must have to put up with this shit all the fucking time. <laughs> she's already got your balls already. You know, if you know me playing, uh, you know something from thirty five feet away is enough to you know she's about to cry and start throwing things. What a what a what a unpleasant woman. 
Yeah, she's glad I brought that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is, if she comes back, I'm gonna. If I see her again, I'm gonna walk up to her and go, "Look, would you like me to get the management to turn the music off? It must be hurting your super ears." <laughs> um, I was actually did. It's still the same. I'm doing a Costanza because I'm just regretting what I didn't fucking. I didn't let her fucking have it <laughs> because she's just a rude bitch. <laughs> And it doesn't belong in the Club Burley. There you Bought go. You Club Burley. Like, All right, that's enough from me, Kev. <laughs> I know fine he's half dead, but we've got to hear more from no, him. No, I think he's just gone for supplies. I think he's just got himself an, ice, an icy pole and he's uh, – Oh, I love an icy pole. He's, he's replenishing himself, yeah. either that or there was a nasty-looking suppository I just saw him take into the, into the confines of his recording booth with him. Anyway. Yeah, right. uh, icy pole would be good. <laughs> Well, you've got to keep your fluids and stuff up, Fanny. Yeah, I'm very dry. I'm very dry. You got to- <laughs> oh yeah, you don't. You don't sound well, mate. All right, football. Let's uh, unless there's more election or ejection news that you want to throw up. Well, uh, Karen Andrews, my girlfriend, Karen Andrews, mm, who we spoke about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she might be deputy leader. So okay. So I didn't mention that before. I might be. Dating the deputy leader once I get rid of her husband, Chris. Well, let's hope that the new uh, Prime Minister of Australia and all the new people that have been elected and all the people who might be leaders of parties and all that listen to what the people have to say the same way that the AFL obviously listened to what the people have to say yeah. by, by, by poo-pooing any suggestion of a night grand final or a twilight grand final. They listen to the people who love the game so much and go to the game and they've decided to keep it as a 2.30 grand final. Because Gil doesn't want to go out as a, uh, oh, shit, that might be an unpopular move. So he, <laughs> he wants he wants to go out as like, right, and then whoever introduces it, which it will happen, that'll be their problem. But really, after dream time, um, these didgeridoo gangs attacking people is a major issue. But um, apparently the police reckon there's more problems at the Dreamtime game than anything else and to the point where Alban, Anthony Albanese is already talking about a didgeridoo callback. Oh, stop you it. Bring in your didgeridoos. <laughs> and not only that, we're sending didgeridoos to the Ukraine. So you, you can get a tune out of this Stop and, you can, and you can break a Russian's nose. Stop it's, it. It are you allowed well. to take a didgeridoo into a game, are you? Um, I've got a feeling. I've never tried. I'm gonna, look, nobody wants to say this. No, but well, don't. There's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of pissed guys who didgeridoos belt the shit out of somebody. Now, what do you make of that, Kev? Uh, I don't know. I, I must admit, I only saw a very small. Yeah, nobody, thing. nobody knows, and nobody's got the guts to say no, and what t- really happened. You got a bang. You got a gang of guys with didgeridoos drunk and they're belting people with their didgeridoos and sticks. Now, I'm going to let our audience make their own conclusions about that and because nobody – but it's, it's – gee, it's creepers. So a night grand final, let's not have any didgeridoos. We'll have to search people for didgeridoos on the on the thing. Pretty it's obvious. not happening this year. They're pretty obvious if you've got one, Brian. You know, it's not like you can hide oh, it in your back pocket. They're they're pretty big, uh, you know. Look, you want to see me? 
you want to see me at bar 20, it's pretty much the same thing like I'm hiding one in my pants, Kev. Uh, finally, uh, any thoughts on uh, on the football from the weekend for starters and then uh, the 2.30 grand final staying as the 2.30 grand final? Yeah, I'm happy with the grand final. It doesn't bother me what time they play it, to be honest. Yep. I mean, I always said if St Kilda's in the grand final, they can start at 4 a.m. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> Main yeah. thing is we're in it. Yeah. Um, it was a good win by the Saints. That, that's the sort of game they normally lose. They were up against it. I think I felt the umpiring was not going our way. It was 21 to 5 at one stage or something. But we've got a bit of an ace in the deck. Well, the king in the deck, you know. Mm. I mean, he's he's a hard man to, to man up, and they started getting very nervous when the ball was going in the forward line because he was plucking them and he kicked straight. So... Onwards and upwards, North Melbourne next week. Don't take anything for granted. Have to win the ones you're supposed to, so hopefully another win. Yep. Uh, Brian, uh, your thoughts on uh, your lot? Ah, uh, look. Yeah, look, they had a little bit of a go, but it was like they um, it was like they said, oh, you know, they took all the, the stuff in the paper and said, oh, okay, we've got to tackle more because we were shit with the tackling. And it was like they sort of, wanted to win the tackle count more than they wanted to win the game. It was a Band-Aid. It was – no, it's still not good. It's a, it's a mess down there. But also, I, you know, you look at Twitter and the Hawthorne-Brisbane game, you know, like, you know, you, I know a lot of people don't take me seriously as a football um, commentator, but I am, and I was the one that predicted that Anthony Kipper Woody would not play a – Another game for Essendon before the season started. I've got that right. Yep. And and I've been bagging the umpires for ages, but this weekend everybody's bagging the umpires. What was the Brisbane Hall thing? Sixty-two free kicks. Is that outrageous, Fanny? I don't know, but it sounds outrageous to me. I remember the days they used to have a hundred frees a game. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, but people used to punch each other in them days. Oh, the umpires just used to blow the whistle like it was to do at the state fair. No, <laughs> I haven't seen Hawthorne Brisbane, but maybe I'll oh. I don't mind free kicks if they're there. Well, I think the game is, and there's, you know, you look at Twitter, I looked at something and then it just led me to a hollow and everybody's just saying the game is so over-umpired and these stupid 50 metres you know, you can scream at the umpire, no, he kicked that out deliberately, that's fine. But if you go, what's that for? You know, it's 50-metre penalty. Who comes up with this shit? You know, th- this was a good game once upon a time, but, you know, the, the, the TV numbers are down, the crowd numbers are down, and it's because of the AFL's over-interference and the umpire's over-interference. And quite frankly, go the storm. Well, they're not going too well, just quietly. They uh, they got pumbled. Uh, they're they're having their which they they traditionally have a little mid season slump, and they're having one right at the moment. Uh, yeah, they just they want to slip under the radar. They'll win it at the same time as their minus Ryan Pappenhausen and uh, uh, Jerome Hughes. Did you see the storm on the weekend, Vine? Yeah, I did. They were uh, they were, were blitzed by the Cowboys, weren't they? Yeah, they just couldn't. You know they. Was level early, then they just couldn't get back into it. But yeah, you're right. I think this flat spot, they don't obviously aim to have it, but it seems to be part of their DNA. They'll they'll remount a challenge when all the boys are back on the field. 
Yeah, I agree. And the, and the, the the bloke in the centres that they're missing, Smith, he's a, he's a massive uh, loss to them. Um, the big boy, Nelson, didn't play on the weekend. Uh, so yep. they, they're missing quite a few at the moment. I mean, playing Grant at halfback and uh, it, it it diminishes Munster at the same time. So there's a whole lot of factors going on at the moment, I reckon. They, you're right, they'll... They'll be um, they'll be back. Yeah, no yeah. they probably let a couple of boys take a break when you know if it was a final they would be playing. So that's okay. We'll yep. watch this space. Uh, now I wanted to get to the we'll do the tips first for this coming week. You can unmute yourself, Brian. Hello, yes. unmuted. There you this go. This is unmuted, yes. Brian. This oh, is un- unplugged. Unmuted. <laughs> unmuted. <laughs> no, unplugged will come in about ten years' time, Brian. That's when you'll be un- that's when you'll be unplugged. Yeah, I don't even wait that long. <laughs> Unplug me now. <laughs> right. Let's get to the games of the weekend. Uh, then we can get into our chart from July 4, 1980. And a few other little bits and pieces. Uh, first game up Friday night, Sydney Swans, Richmond. Oh, good game. Uh, SCG on Friday night. Mr. Mannix, are you going for the Sydney conspiracy in this one? Uh, well, SCG, absolutely I am. It's the Swans. It's the Swans. It's the Swans. Okay. Finey. Yeah, interesting game. A couple of key players out for either team. Link's obviously a big out for the Tigers, but I'm going to tip the Tigers. Yeah, I like the Tigers too. Lynch is a massive out for them, the way they've been playing and the way they're sort of, uh, their game plans been going, but I still think uh, even though it's the SCG, I'll go for them. Saturday, yep. here's the Saturday footy lineup. Uh, at the Gabba at 1.45 on Saturday afternoon, the slightly bruised Brisbane Lions take on the GWS Giants. Mr. Mannix. Hmm. Hmm. I'd really like to pick the Giants, but, you know, common sense says Brisbane. Right, so who are you tipping then? Well, common <laughs> sense. Well, okay. It's common sense. Brisbane? We'll do okay. a Fiona pattern, we'll go for East. Okay. Uh, now, Mr Fine, Brisbane Lions, GWS Giants. Yeah, they'd be very unhappy to have dropped that game against Hawthorne. They'll bounce back. Brisbane for mine. Yep. Brisbane for me too. Uh, the Cats will be at home at GMHBA Stadium to the Adelaide Crows on Saturday afternoon at one forty-five. I will uh, I'll be bold here and go Cats for you, Brian. Well, why don't the AFL just give the Cats the four points and we can waste don't waste the effort, right? Of course, the Cats. You know that that home game. It's, you know, poor Adelaide. It's not right. Poor, no, sorry, you'll never hear me say poor Adelaide ever. Well, wait a minute. I'm playing in Adelaide at the Bridgeway Hotel on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. So, actually, maybe I'll go for Adelaide. Oh, okay. Yes. They're a great team and Adelaide's a great city and anybody should come down to the Bridgeway Hotel at Adelaide and watch a terrific band with himself and Scott Kahn and uh, Sean Kelly from the Models and um, Freddie from the Machinations. Anyway, back to the football tipping. Do you want me to edit that bit out where you said it was the Cats and no one will know that you actually went for the Cats first then you changed when you realised that you might have got into trouble in Adelaide? Do you want me to edit that? I can't. No, Kevin. I want people <laughs> to see my troubled mind. You know, you try living out of a suitcase for three months. It's doing my head in. I'm going uh, insane. Uh, Finey, Cats or Crows? Cats. Beautiful. Melbourne take on Frio. Uh, who've had a bit of a blimp uh, there on Sunday afternoon in that uh, those atrocious conditions, uh, akin to back in the 1980s, uh, the uh, the condition of that ground, a little bit I saw of it. Uh, Melbourne will host 
Uh, Frio at the MCG on Saturday night. Again, I'm not tipping against Melbourne, so Melbourne for me, Finey. Oh, yeah, got to tip the Demons. Mr. Mannix, common sense or common sense here? Remember last week when you didn't pick Hawthorne and I told you they would win? This is the same thing this week. It's going to be a purple, purple, purple Storm, Tigers, Frio, and the purple guy at the Melbourne Cup. Frio are going to – this is when Frio is going to finally be taken seriously because they're going to be the team that beats um, – that other stupid team that's been propped up with all the AFL money to make them good and more number one draft picks than any other team's had in the history of the game, go the Dockers. Okay. I thought they were playing Melbourne, not GWS, but anyway. Uh, let's go to the other Saturday night, or the Saturday night game. There's two Saturday night games. The first is the West Coast Eagles in Perth hosting the Western Bulldogs. Of course, I will go for the Bulldogs. I'm assuming, Mr Fine, you probably will as well. Yeah, you've got to. I mean, West Coast haven't shown much, have they? So, yeah. Bulldogs are mine. And Mr Mannix? I like the endeavour of the Eagles last week. I just think they're a game or two from turning it all around. So, with that in mind, I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. Oh, uh, your second team, the Gold Coast Suns, take on your third team, <laughs> Hawthorne, Saturday night at TIO uh, Stadium. Uh, so, another relocated game. Uh, for the Gold Coast Suns, uh, Brian? Just for the uninformed listeners and myself, uh, Kev, where is CIO Stadium? No, TIO Stadium. Even more confusing. <laughs> it's in Alice Springs in the Viney, or is it the Darwin one? TIO. No, he's passed out from the COVID. <laughs> no, I was really tired. You, you sleep all the time when you get the COVID. Okay. You haven't had it. You, you don't know. But, you know, he's, he's probably nodded off. Need right. some liquid and sleep. All right, the TIA stadium's in the NT. So uh, does that make a big deal? Well, actually, thing? I have been to the TIA stadium. It's um, a great place to watch a game of footy. Mm. And who was playing again? Gold Coast Suns and Hawthorne. Oh, no, 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 no. This is this is one for my boys, the Gold Coast, because Hawks were down in, you know, Tassie last week in the freezing cold. They're going to get up there. They're going to, their bodies are going to freak out. They won't be able to acclimatise. And Gold Coast, not that big of an acclimatisation for them. So easily Gold Coast Suns. All right, Finey, who do you like? Well, I'm going to go for the Hawks. It's a tricky game. I mean, I could make a case either way, but yeah, I'm going to go for Hawthorne. It is a tricky game, isn't it? The Gold Coast Suns, of course, coming off uh, being at uh, Ballarat playing against uh, the Doggies. Um, yeah. Geez, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll go the Suns, but not with any great conviction. Um, St Kilda, your boys finally take on as you mentioned North Melbourne. I think it's the Saints all round for everybody there. No one's going to tip North Melbourne at this stage of the season. I wouldn't have thought. No, no, no. Definitely no. Collingwood and Carlton, big game Sunday afternoon, MCG three twenty. Collingwood on the back of that. Meritorious and most surprising win against Fremantle and Carlton, who sit in the top four. Brian. Well, you never want to hope for a bomb scare and have a game to be cancelled. But um, really, I, I don't like either of these teams, but I kind of got an inkling 
on Carlton. I think I like Carlton a little bit more. And I think, yeah, I think that they're probably going to just get over the line. Finally, uh, Collingwood got a bit of credibility out of that Fremantle win, but... Yeah, I mean, Carlton are looking good, aren't they? they got that boy, Kurnow, playing good football. This will be a good game. But I'm going to go for the Blues. Yeah, I think on form you have to pick Carlton. Uh, the conditions, I'm not sure. Uh, they played a fairly big role, I think, in, in Collingwood winning that game against Frio. So on form, I think you have to pick Carlton. So I'll pick Carlton. Final game of the weekend. Oh, a blockbuster here at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, Port Adelaide, you'll be there, Brian. You'll be in the in the city over there on Sunday afternoon at 4.40 when Port Adelaide run out in the ground and following them will be Essendon. Yeah, well, I was going to go to the game with my son, but he was rude to me on the phone, so I'm just flying in and flying out. Um, so, right. no, um, no, Essendon will embarrass themselves again and hopefully we'll, people will wake up themselves and sack everybody. You know, Tip and Woody retired. Everybody at Essendon should retire and let's just start again. It's a mess. Go Port. Okay, Port Adelaide for Brian. Uh, I'm also selecting Port Adelaide. And uh, Mr. Fine? Not touching at Essendon. No, I don't think, no, no. That's how you got COVID. You touched (laughs) Essendon and now you're crook as a dog. Correct. Now you're crook as a footscray, I'll tell you. All right, now already we've got to put the chart that we're doing uh, July 4, 1980 up on uh, the social medias. And already people have started, uh, just started secondary school. It was the good old days, according to uh, uh, Cockety the Galar off the uh, off the Twitter feed. Um, ben Dobson tells us uh, 1980 was a great year. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, had some nominations already for good and bad songs from the uh, from the 1980s. So July 1980, Brian, it was pre the superstar, you know, band no, getting was- together. What were you doing? Um, well, we're, I was in the band. We oh, okay. just sort of started and we said, right, we're going to give this a fair of crack. And so we'd go and see all of the bands and was, I was really in tune with the music and I really loved where music was at this point in time because it was sort of like changing over from punk into new romance. I guess you got new romantic or not new romantic, but they hadn't quite arrived, way, had they? New, yeah. new wave. We went from punk to new wave. So punk got a little bit more sophisticated. And um, you know, I look at this chart and gee whiz, it's I could pick ten great songs out of this chart. I think it's a great chart. And I think nineteen eighty was a really inspirational uh, year of music for me. And um you know, yeah, no, I, I love this chart. It's great. Okay, I really there's some really good Aussie stuff in it. 1980, Finey, where were you? What were you doing? Um, sort of Form 4, Form 5. Yep. Form 4. But I agree with Brian. I think it's a great chart, a great year for music. Good crossover year. There's still a bit of life left in disco and this and that. But, yeah, fantastic year. All right. Well, with that in mind, Mr. Fine, please kick us off with your – you're good and you're bad. Okay. Let's start off with number three, bad. Okay. And my number three, bad, let's have a look what I've got here, is There Ain't No Age for Rock and Roll by the Veterans. Ah, uh, yes. Number 21. Yes. It's a sort of a, a mainly an instrumental hit. It, it's played on a loop, which I find annoying. 
and obviously they found some novelty sound-making machines, the thing that goes and something that goes bing, yes. and they thought they'd include that in it as well. So It's got everything but the kitchen sink and spoons in it uh, when you listen to it, hasn't it? I agree. Uh, not really one of mine. No, no, no. I concur with my learned colleague there. There ain't no age for rock and roll by the veterans. Number three for finding. Number three, good. Well, she was a powerhouse around this time, Blondie. Fantastic, oh. Debbie, Deborah Harry. Now, I'm not, I'm, a lot of people, their go-to song would be Heart of Glass, I guess, for Deborah Harry. I reckon her, my favourite single is Atomic. Oh, I just love it. It's a bit punk. It's a bit sort of that new wave, and she was riding, riding that wave as well as anybody. So Atomic by Blondie at number three, good. Yeah, good song. Good song. Great clip. The atti- her attitude in that clip is just she's rock star yep. personified. Yep. Rock star yep. personified. She's just she's great in that. I my personal blondie favourite is in the flesh. I've always loved that. I reckon that's a great song, but Atomic's pretty bloody good. Uh Brian. Interesting you say in the flesh. Um I'm thinking that something I'm doing with Kerry Jacobson, drummer from Dragon. Dragon, yeah. And I think Mondo as well. He's probably one of Australia's best drummers. Put something together, and um, it's a half-hour show, which I'm the guest on, and um, it's a lot. They do, they have a band, and they talk, and um, and uh, yeah. So I'm singing Blondie and Whip It to Shreds on that. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh wow! Now, okay, enough about me. Or is there? Well, say hello to Kerry uh, for me, because Kerry was in Dragon when I was knocking around drinking with him, and he's a good fella. Uh, well, if he was drinking with you, Kerry, he probably wouldn't remember. More than likely not. <laughs> okay, now this um, – okay, we'll go for the shit one first. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to go for um, number 25 uh, by the uh, major matchbox magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a rockabilly rebel. Mm-hmm. Well – you can rock a billy right the hell off. That's I'm rocking me here. Look, if you're pissed at a at an outback, you know, mind dance, it'd probably be great. But um, now it doesn't do it for me. I, the rockabilly doesn't work for me. The rebel, you know, it just sounds like um, I'm a southerner, and I don't like black people. Um, <laughs> and I do like black people. Uh, I. You know, uh, it's a crap song. They're a crap English band, and they they thought uh, it sounds to me when I listen to it today. They said they thought they were the Stray Cats, but they didn't have anything going for them. No, I well, you summed it up, kid. That's exactly right. Now, there's so many good songs oh. in this. Um, one of my favourite vocals of all time, so. <laughs> is the end bit of She's Out of My Life by Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. When, when he cries, it's just beautiful. However, that's not enough to say the song. So my number, <laughs> my number yeah. to make it into my top three, I'm going to go for a um, – hang on. I thought that was by – okay, well, that's going to – I thought um, I can't help myself with my flowers. Yeah, there's uh, one. Yeah, can, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Well, that's it. That's my number three well, best. Yeah, I, I can't help myself, but there's also can't help myself. Yeah, the I can't help myself is Bonnie Pointer, which is the old four top song, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, 
I can't help myself. Yeah, well, she can help herself all she likes because I'm not interested. <laughs> but the other one is is the Flowers song, which is at number that's, 15. Yeah, that's great. It is great. I love it. It's a beautiful song. He's got this nice mix between punk and David Bowie and a little bit of Gary Newman sort of keyboards, you know. No, it sounded like the future. It's great. Yep. Yep, I agree. Uh, there's five great – for me, there's five great Australian songs in this. I'm going to pick uh, – I'll leave Can't Help Myself out of uh, the five. I'm going to go with People uh, by My Sex as my number three good. Um, mm, good. Like My Sex, always have. Uh, Blue Day is a great song. I didn't really like computer games, but People's a good song. And it's, again, what you're talking about, Brian, it's – Musically, it's kind of got a bit of Gary Newman in it. It's got a bit of punkish thing in it. It's got a bit of pop in it, and and in the middle of all that, I think really underrated um, uh, frontman in Steve Gilpin. I've, I've always liked him as a frontman. Always thought he, he he sang really well. So that's my number three. Good. My number three bad. Same as Finey's. The veterans. There ain't no age for rock and roll. What a bloody awful song. And they you know should have thrown in the the muffler and the the every doodad in the kitchen that they didn't throw into the mix. Uh, putting it together, it's just an awful, awful song. And we used to play it on the radio. I can't believe we actually used to play it. you got blood on your hands, Kev. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I feel much better now about my radio career. <laughs> uh, Finally, what have we got number uh, number two good and number two bad? Well, we'll go bad first. Yep. So when did Paul McCartney go from being a pop star to an old man? Well, the answer is 1980. <laughs> <laughs> because coming up should be called throwing up. <laughs> now, what, what happened to him? Honestly, seriously. And from that point on, he was nothing but yesterday's fish and chip rappers, really. So, unfortunately, it was the start of the end for Paul McCartney. He's, he will forever be music's one of their greatest because his time with the Beatles is unsurpassable and his time with Wings was fantastic as well. But coming up is just a piece of drivel. It's the, you know, it's that frothy bit on, you know, when you take a pee. <laughs> I, thought going to, ah. I thought you were going to say like when you have a cappuccino coffee or something. But <laughs> no, when you, when you pee too hard into the toilet, it's all bubble. <laughs> Yeah. All right, and your number two good. All right, this is a big ensemble. This is oh, it's a great song. Stomp by the Brothers. Johnson. Oh yeah, they got everything here. They got backup singers. They've got themselves. They've got a big percussion section. They've got a big, big brass section, and it's all as tight as a second coat of paint. It's really, really tight stuff. And when they, when they have a little fling on their sort of. Electric guitars, with I don't know if they're bass guitars or whatever, but you know they sound like they're being shot straight out of a submachine gun. It's fantastic. It's all very tight, very good sounding. Stomp, brilliant. Yeah, they weren't they weren't big in this country at all. That that's probably the biggest song they had. They were yeah. massive in America. Yeah, really the big brother in America. Johnson, the yeah. BJ's. <laughs> yes. The BJ's. No, Brian. The brothers Johnson. The blowjobs. The uh, Brian. Well, that's what their nickname was, Kev. If you're a true fan, you know they're really called. Cool. What's your Low middle jobs, name? You know. What's your middle name? 
Francis. Oh, Francis. I thought it was John. So it's not Brian, John Mannix. It's Brian Francis. So it's BF, not PJ. All right. What is your number two, good and bad, Mr. Mannix? Oh, I've lost the I've lost the chart at the moment, but I know what my I know what they are. This is an easy one for me. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, hang on, I've lost my video. All right, but um, the worst one, the second worst one. And I hope you can hear that noise in the background. That's that's terrific. Yeah. Um, um, and a lot of people love this song, but I've heard so many, you know, aspiring girl singers try to do this one, and I don't think that. You know, Bette Midler is a great singer. Oh, yeah. But, no, she's a great entertainer. Yep. But she's not a great singer. You know, she's she's a bit like me. She's oh, probably better than me. But, you know, you know, you don't want to hear me sing Bridge Over Troubled Waters or My Way. You know, I'm good for, um, you know, reading rock songs and, you know, <laughs> pop and, and, you know, if you're going to do a ballad, it's sad. But The Rose um, by Bette, um I, I I just find this a bit painful now. Um, it's it is a good song, but Jesus, there's all of the the girl singers. You know, they they must learn it at singing lessons, and it's just I've heard so many bad versions that I just can't cop it anymore. Okay, so the rose is. So my, you're not necessarily having a crack at Bet's version of this. It's the what the songs become. Well, no, I would say that Bet isn't a good enough singer to sing this song. Oh, really? Um, oh, actually, I quite no, like it. Quite she, like it. She, I, I think she gets away with it. Yeah. But um, I think somebody, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I like Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand's a much better singer. And I think, you know, somebody of that calibre would have sang it better and it would have been better. So, Tina, Are- yeah. Tina Arena would knock the rose out of the ball. Tina, Are- great call. Tina Arena yeah. singing the rose. I would prefer that to Bette Midler. Yeah, and um, and you know, and all of those horrible girls learning to sing, singing this. <laughs> thanks, thanks a friggin' lot. You just ruined <laughs> a really great song for me. Uh, and now this next one, my number two, good. Yep. Now imagine if you had a. Thank you, Becky. Just bought me a drink. Fantastic. Um, if you had an an album. I think everybody wants to work and this song would fit well together. And I speak of uh, The Vapors turning Japanese, just a happy little pop song with a bit of slight bit of grit to it. And um, I think it's a great song. People can laugh the way I like at it, but um, it did the job and made a lot of people happy. So turning Japanese. Okay. Interesting. I didn't think that would uh, make anyone's list. No. Uh, well, it was a big influence on me, and it was kind of like, yeah, the X Men should sound like this. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, my number two bad is, uh, and I, I've got quite a few that could fit into this category. Uh, just a band who sometimes a band will do a song and you just go, I, "There's stuff you do I don't mind, but when you do something like this, no, nah, you've just completely and utterly lost me with this one." Um, Shandy by Kiss, I reckon, is just, just sorry, an awful, awful song. Um, and you walk around with all the makeup on and stuff, and that, that that to me says, do killer rock and roll stuff like rock and roll all night and sure knows something and I was made for loving you. Don't do pretentious little kind of, I don't know, sugary pop songs. It just didn't work for me at all. And it was a big hit for him, but 
Doesn't work for me. So that's my number two bad. My number two good, and I'm I'm really um, leaving a, a couple of really really good songs out here. But I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with the boys light up at number two um, for Aussie Crawl. First first time, and I'm going back to the first times I heard that song. I thought, my God, that's a great little pop song, great little Aussie song. Band's playing well, band singing well. Yeah, good. So I'm going to go with uh, with that one. The boys light up as my number two good. Um, but I'm leaving a couple uh, of really good ones out. I know what you mean by Shandy, but that was the one. Remember when we spoke to um, our good friends that wrote Brand Air on a Western Poet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Elliot and, Laurie and they from said Looking that Glass. That, well, that's our mate, you know, in yes. and Alice and Mickey Dolenz. Yeah. And, um, and he's, we spoke about how that Brandy song inspired a Kiss song. It was well, that one. Obviously, that's the one. Yeah. So, you know, just trying to connect a few things there. Anyway, if Finey's not unconscious or in a coma <laughs> from his COVID, let's see what's happening with him. No, he's, let's check he, in with He's Finey. perfectly fine. Now, Finey's list so far in the, uh, in the good side is Atomic by Blondie and Stomp by the Brothers Johnson. Who are like Earthwind and Fire, a really good Earthwind and Fire song that that stomp, uh, and the badder there ain't no age for rock and roll by uh, for b- ain't no age for rock and roll, not rock and roll, uh, by the veterans and coming up by Paul McCartney. Uh, number one good, number one bad. Finey, what have you got? Just an observation. Obviously, turning Japanese by the Vapors was a reference to masturbating. Correct. And that was followed very quickly by your selection of Shandy, which, of course, a hand Shandy. <laughs> is, yes. Well, when you let somebody yes. else do it. Okay. Yes. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I didn't realise Sexpo had started, but obviously it has. There you go. <laughs> I'm right. sure this shall be labelled as the Handy Show. <laughs> yes. anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what oh, – uh, rock and roll coming to you. Stop uh, it. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, hang on. That's, this from the man who had coming up as his number two. So don't you start <laughs> with us. Don't you be coming up my number two, all right? That's not all. <laughs> let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with an old-fashioned, in fact. <laughs> yes, thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. What have you got number one on your lists? Number one bad. Mm-hmm. By a bloke called Alan O'Day. Oh, yes. Let's do a bit of research on Al O'Day. He was a singer-songwriter. He sort of wrote unknown tracks for the Righteous Brothers and Sher, and none of them went anywhere. You know, had a sort of a semi-hit in 1977 with Undercover Angel, which I can't say I liked. But And his follow-up in 1979 to sound the death knell of a career that never went anywhere. I mean, as far as singer-songwriters, this bloke was genuine third division you know, trying to avoid relegation down to the bottom tier. <laughs> sort of the Port Vale yes. or yes. Gumthorpe of singer-songwriters. Yep. Um, but by the way, Scunthorpe, I hope this isn't true. I think they've been relegated from the four divisions of football. I know. And both of them will be devastated. Yeah, you know they're the only team with the word Thorpe in their name. No, that's not true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, even both them played football for Scunthorpe. They yep. said they've got one They've got one in their name and one in their team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyhow, yes. back to Alan O'Day. Yep. 
I'd be embarrassed to be a singer-songwriter and release a song called Skinny Girls, whose opening line is Skinny Girls, Skinny Girls, Skinny Girls, Skinny Girls, Skinny Girls, girl, you know. A, a, a very inattentive cockatoo could come up with that. Skinny girls, skinny girls, skinny girls, skinny girls, you know. And I saw the picture of Alan O'Day. He should take any girl he can get his hands on. Skinny girls. He looks like a he looks like a form two, like a year eight geography teacher. Certainly not like a pop star. Yeah, no, very good. He actually has another song in this chart that he wrote. The um, yeah. Kim Hart thing down the bottom. Um, Love at first night. Uh, that's one of his. Yeah, that'd, that'd be him. Yeah, that's one of his. Yeah, skinny girls, skinny girls, skinny girls, skinny girls. I love my, love my, love my, love and skinny girls, skinny girls, skinny girls. Where is it? I'm just trying to find the really, really. Oh, here it is. They make you feel gigantic. They go frantic over you. Yeah, I don't think so. You can fit them in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, was you can toss them in the air when you when you make romance. Those skinny girls. Yeah, yeah. careful okay. of the over. Careful of overhead fans. <laughs> Very good choice for number one, Skinny Girls by Elna Day. Number ten in this chart, so it was a it was a big hit. Yeah, God. well, it's the same country that just voted Albanese in. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, number one. What do you got? Number one in your good. Okay, number one. This is a great song, probably ahead of its time. Now, why was it ahead of its time? It was number one right around the world. Yeah, band. I don't know who they were. I don't know what happened to them. It then got covered not that long afterwards, by Pseudo Echo, it oh, went to yeah. number six in the USA. Yep. So it was twice it was number one in Australia. Pseudo Echo, number six in the US with the direct cover. You know, as recently as five or six years ago, there was a great dance track by Soul Wax out of New York called New York Excuse, which is it's actually called New York Lips, which is a doffing of the hat to Lips Inc. Right. But it was... It basically sampled most of this song. And I'm speaking of Funky Town. Yep. And I doubt that there's any person that's ever walked into a nightclub or a disco or that hasn't, doesn't know this song. And it's a real good get up and move song. So Funky Town by Lip Sync. Which do you prefer, Lip Incorporated or the, the Pseudo Echo version? But to me, they're very similar. Yeah. I actually like the Pseudo Echo version. I think the Pseudo Echo version's really good. Oh, and if you want to have really a good. bit of fun, if you want to find something hilarious, like really hilarious, yeah. have a look at the Saturday Night Live film clip, Funky Town Elections. Okay. It's fantastic. I'll check that out. Yeah. I'm not a massive Saturday Night Live fan, but uh, they, they've they – It's a great done, sketch. Yeah. They've done some brilliant sketches in their time. Yeah. All right, Mr. Mannix, I think we've got you off mute now. If you want to uh, rejoin the uh, – the entourage now, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. And um, interesting that you talk about pseudo okay and I don't want to disparage anything, but have you read their book, The Hitman Kev, or Mark? Who's, whose no. book? The hit, it's called The Hitman, and it was about um, payola in the American record industry. You know, you'd get a record and there'd be a couple of grams of cocaine or, yep. you know, a thousand bucks in it. Yep. And, um, yeah, anyway, just interesting that this was a hit around that time. But, oh, okay. Um, well done, well done Pseudo Echo. Uh, <laughs> not implying well, that's anything. Not, that's not their fault, but if, if the record companies were doing that no, stuff. No, and we were just what talking about, uh, what, Are you telling me that when you bought the single 
funky town by Cedar Echo, you got a thousand bucks worth of cocaine in it. <laughs> no, and, yeah, it only but, got the uh, number, and it only got the number six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but the disc jockeys that were playing it might have been getting something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. I recommend it to everybody. What's uh, it called? It's the called Hit- The Hitmen. Okay. And it's about and and they the radio the record company said well. The perfect band to check how this works is Pink Floyd. So they just released the record and I, that was the clue that, you know, no, you don't get your song played unless there's thousands and thousands of dollars of cocaine yeah. and favours, you know, to guarantee, you know, you can essentially buy yourself a, um, a, a hit record. Yeah. A- and... And the trick was once it got to about number, say, 20, you withdrew that. That's, that's just my balls falling out. Um, somebody's playing cool. Um, when the um, got to number 20, you withdrew the money and then should have enough momentum then. And it's interesting that a few songs uh, get to the top 10 or the – I'm not suggesting that anything, but, um, yeah, it's just a whole interesting thing about – how people bought hit singles in the eighties, okay. and then yeah. We'll anyway, right? Number one, number one, good. Number yeah. one, bad. You so far you got Rockabilly Rebel, and the Rose, yeah. and you're bad, and you got Can't Help Myself by Flowers, and Turning Japanese by the Vapors, and you're good. Well, you know, as number one, I could as my good one, I could easily say uh, Cheap Wine is a great song, yep, and No Secrets is a great song, yep. However. You know, they've had albums and heaps of success, and so it's easy to like the band. But he's a bloke that's had one hit, and he's a very good personal friend of you and mine, Kev. Yeah. Not doing too well these days. He's got the um, the ventilator on pretty much all the time. But speak of our, our very, very, very close friend, Lockie Burnett, and, you know, a lot of people might laugh and hate to tell in the line, but gee whiz, it's 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 done the uh, test of time, hasn't it? You know, we're still we love it, and so that's going to be my number one good one. I bet you didn't pick that, either did I? No, I didn't. I wouldn't have picked that one. And we did have him on Life of Brian. We did track him down uh, in America, and he has got uh, the emphysema. Um, going on, he's not he's not in the best of health these days. But he was it was a terrific interview. He's a really good, fun interview. Um, took took the you know what out of himself at a million miles an hour. But uh, no, he was a good fellow actually. So yeah, no, not- he didn't. He hated Bert Newton, if you recall. Yes, I do recall that he had a run in with Bert on the Don Lane show when he was when he was out here. Um, yes, most interesting. Uh, now, what's your number one bad? I haven't told. Oh well, this is obvious. I've mentioned this song many times on on every show, broadcast we've done. Um, Tim Finn, <laughs> what the freaking hell? Oh my never, oh my never, to try again. Oh. It sounds like a balloon being deflated. Maybe if somebody else sang it, it might be all right. But that is just. It's just, you know, I don't want to know somebody that's just that deflated, you know. Come on, pick yourself up a bit. Shocking song, just absolutely murdered with the, oh, whatever, oh, but love you, hate you, love you, hate you. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Tim, you, you've done 
he occasional good work, but most of it, in my mind, is shit. And this is the top of the pile of your shit. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> in a positive and constructive way. Uh, Absolutely. All right. So that uh, so we have uh, finally has the There Ain't No Age for rock and, rock and Roll by The Veterans coming up and Skinny Girls in the Bad. They're the top three bad. Atomic, Stomp and Funky Town are top three good. Brian has Can't Help Myself, Turning Japanese and Tired of Toe on the Line. Uh, the bads are Rockabilly Rebel, The Rose, and I Hope I Never. Now I'm going to add into the bad pile. This is a beautiful song, and it's been sung on a couple of occasions really beautifully by a male singer who's got just an undescribable voice and a voice that uh, I don't think anyone's ever got anywhere near in terms of sounding like him, and then by a female who I think's got one of the best voices I've ever heard and who, who I love to listen to. Um, and then in the middle of all that, there was this version of this song, which I never liked. I hated playing it on the radio. It was one of the great downers of all time, I reckon, and that's Crying by Don McLean, which just used to bore me to death on the air. Um, I love KD Lang singing the song. Uh, Roy Orbison's version is is just you know iconic. Um, but when Don McLean decides to sing "Crying," I start feeling exactly the same way. Um, so sorry, Don, you're getting my number one in the bad to join uh, the veterans and uh, and Kiss and to join my sex and uh, Australian crawl in my goods. People and the boys light up. It's an absolute toss of the coin between these two, but in the end I'm going to go with Cheap Wine by Cold Chisel because it just is a great song. It just beats No Secrets by the Angels, which I love. But, um, yeah, that's Cheap Wine. First time I heard it, I thought, yeah, here we go. Boys have got a massive big hit on their hands here and it's a good song and I like it and I still probably don't enjoy it as much on the radio now when I hear it, but still a good song. Still a good song. Can I ask you a question? Kev? You just did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> yes, you can. Hey, ask another one. If Cheap Wine just beat No Secrets, how comes No Secrets isn't your second best song? Yeah, well, I had five songs, basically, that could have gone in any order and stop doing logic on me, Finey. You'll get more than COVID. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, had, I had five songs, that five Australian songs that I just thought, boys light up. People, uh, my sex, which is you know New Zealand, but uh, cheap wine can't help myself in no secrets, and I I agonised over those to put in those three spots. I would Fair enough. love to have had those five, and and I had tied a to on the line in my list, and I had I, I really like an Englishman in New York by Godley and Cream. Yeah, that's good. Good, good daffy kind of uh, you know different kind of song. Strange in there. apparatus. Yeah, even stranger themes. It's funny uh, the top three that of uh, of the list of some some of the people who jumped on social media. Atomic, no secrets, and it's still rock and roll to me. Made one person's list. Um, the worst was Together We Are Beautiful, which is an awful song. That Fern Kinney song oh, at the top. An Englishman in New York was in the worst. Um, Paul sent through, and his worst his worst were turning Japanese, ain't no age for rock and roll, and shandy, a combination of our goods and our bad. So um, mm. it's all in the eye of the beholder, as we know. But that is July 4, 1980. And that is. Good year for yeah, well, yeah, an interesting year. I, I reckon you, you summed it up beautifully, Brian, when you said it was a transitional year, because it was. It was before. Yeah. before Culture Club and uh, Duran Duran and all those came in. Um, yeah. And it was kind of the tail end of the punk thing. 
Yeah, it's was, it was like punk, and then suddenly we added a little bit of synthesizer and stuff to it, and it's like, oh yeah, this is all right. And then of course it went totally out of control, where people got rid of the guitar and just had all these keyboard songs, which uh, is you know came pretty much the sound of the eighties. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think the, the transitional years of um, music are always the good ones, like um, nineteen sixty seven when Sgt. Pepper came out. That changed music. I think nineteen eighty was one of those years as well. Yeah. So and nineteen seventy seven was too, when it said, "No, nah, stuff your hippie music. We're uh, getting aggressive and yeah." So yeah, yeah, great year. And now you can take us out of the show this week, Brian. Singing in the flesh, will you from Blondie? If you're going to be singing that with Kerry Jacobson, give us a. I've only just started learning it. I'm, <laughs> I'm still working out what key it. It's a funny. It's darling, a funny song in the flesh. Darling, yeah. Darling, I can't wait to see you. The whole thing about it is, it's so innocent the way she sings it. You yep. just, you know, you don't want Whitney Houston singing that song. It's just going to be, darling, darling. She's just devastated. Yeah. She's so in love, but she's got no energy to really oversing it. That's There's a vulnerability. I'm, I'm going to a vulnerability. That's the well word. Done, Kev. That's the word. That's the way I'll be approaching it. Well, uh, uh, and we'll see you at your most vulnerable uh, next week on the program, maybe. Oh, you've seen me at my most <laughs> vulnerable tonight. <laughs> Three months living out of a frigging case, just you know. Oh. Can you, just, can you just turn your YouTube down, please? Fine, he's trying to sleep. He's, he's, he's got COVID and he doesn't need loud noises from you, Mannix. This show is nearly put him into a coma with the COVID <laughs> because well, – It does for everybody yeah. else. Why should he be any different? Uh, thank uh, you, Brian. Uh, thank you, Kev. Happy, I'll be quiet now. Happy suitcasing to you. And uh, uh, finally, your seven days will be up when we see you next, so hopefully you'll be feeling better. Yep. Yeah, well. Not much is going to happen, but don't ask me about the time of the next week. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, what's been happening in your world? Ain't nothing. Shut up. Move on. Correct. <laughs> oh, well, enjoy your own company. Oh, by the time I see him again, oh, you must have been so busy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lay off the turning Japanese and the uh, and the shandies uh, for the next seven days if you would mind. How, how else am I going to bide my time? I just realised I said to you, enjoy your own company. I didn't mean that in the way that it may have uh, seemed. Anyway. No, it's the way it seemed to most of yeah, our listeners, that, Kevin. But right. finally, maybe you should go down to the $5 shop, infect him with the COVID, <laughs> oh, right, and then his evil wife and her <laughs> greedy, lazy, fat mother, they'll have to run the shop. You know, you can have a lying in bed for the week, and it's the only way it's going to happen. So maybe that's a thought. Well, it is a thought. No, no, um, I am observing the rules. Seven days isolation. Good on you. All right, finally. Take care, mate. Take care, Brian. See you, brother. See you, boys. Good on you, boys. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.